This is the Yoga Off the Mat podcast, a space you can learn how to deepen your connection with yourself, to live a fulfilled, passionate, and authentic life using the lessons from the mat. I'm your guide, host, and teacher, Amber Hagberg, and I'm here to inspire you to take time for yourself so that you can embody the practice of yoga and live your yoga on and off the mat. Welcome to episode number one. Today we're going to cover all things yoga. We'll discover what yoga is and how we can live yoga on and off the mat. And one of the most important questions that I believe we can ever ask ourselves is why? So today we'll dive into why practice yoga? Why practice yoga on the mat and why should we take it off the mat? Let's dive in. We'll start with the beginning. This is where we start in yoga, with where we are. I love yoga so much because when I started, I wasn't flexible, I wasn't strong. I definitely didn't have a calm mind and I certainly could not stay still. So often there's this illusion that yoga is for strong, fit, flexible people who are able to sit for hours. But when I started my yoga journey, what I loved so much is that this practice welcomed me without any qualifications. As the girl that failed or didn't make basketball, volleyball, or track growing up, yoga welcomed me. It didn't matter that I wasn't flexible or strong. It didn't matter that I was overeating or abusing drugs and alcohol. It took me in. And it was the first place that I felt like I could be myself. And so yoga is for anybody, for everybody, that's wanting to start. We can go back to one of the most sacred texts of India, the Yoga Sutras by Patanjali. And Yoga Sutra 1.1, a Yoga Sutra is a thread where we start with where we are. It's the beginning. And if you, the student, are ready, then the practice is here for you. What is yoga? Yoga in Sanskrit is the uniting or yoking. What exactly are we uniting or yoking? It's mind, body, heart, and soul. When we begin the yoga practice, it's like left or right. Did the teacher say inhale or exhale? And there's this constant work we have to do to link our mind with our body actions. And that takes time. And so when we begin to develop more flexibility, more strength in our body, we have more confidence in our life off the mat. What I love so much about what we know in the Western world of yoga is the physical postures. You go to an hour or an hour and a half, typically these days, one hour yoga practice, and you move your body. And so we think of yoga as this activity or this stretch or exercise. But really yoga is so much more than that. Yoga asana Yoga classes are a gateway into what real yoga is, the uniting, the being. 
So often when I first started my yoga practice, it was something I went and did. But then we learn quickly that, or not so quickly, that yoga is actually something that we can be because it's this uniting, this connection. And if you have ever been to a yoga practice and dropped into the final posture, corpse pose or shavasana, you may know what I'm talking about. That moment where all time disappears and you're just there, typically in your own sweat. But there's so many different other layers to yoga. There's meditation, which so many people that I know are like, I can't sit still. I don't know how to quiet my mind. I don't know how to meditate. And what I like to think of when we're talking about yoga asana or meditation is relating it to something that's more um, realistic in our everyday life. For example, someone that wants to be a runner and go for a 10K or someone that is working to get a six pack. It takes training and consistency the same way it does with our yoga practice. We want more flexibility. We want more strength. We want a calmer mind. We want to be able to sit still. Then we have to practice showing up continuously and continually. And this is the practice of yoga, a lifelong practice of showing up onto your mat again and again and again. So when we're on our mats, whether it be a consistent meditation practice or a consistent yoga asana practice or both, we discover things along the way. We turn things that were once physically impossible into possible. And when we're able to do things in our body that we once weren't capable of, magic happens. Magic happens here because we've just created a sense of confidence and trust that we can do things if we put our mind to it. The same thing happens with the consistent meditation practice. If you're able to sit still for five minutes, then 10 minutes, then 15 minutes, you're able to discover longer and longer periods of peace, connection, and stillness. And it doesn't just end here. So those lessons that we learn on the mat, how can we use them and take them with us into our lives off the mat? turning things that were once impossible into possible. I always like to give this analogy of the time where I was living in Colorado and I wanted to go to Costa Rica. I wanted to lead yoga retreats. And as I wrote about this in my journal, I didn't feel like I was worthy. I put these other people on Instagram and Facebook on this pedestal like they had something that I didn't. But with that, I used my yoga practice And I moved to Costa Rica. In that dream, I took massive action. Every single day, I was practicing yoga, teaching yoga, spreading the gift of yoga. And eventually, I started to grow my retreats. And what happened was, I began to realize, oh, that consistent handstand practice not only gave me strength and confidence in my body to one one day be able to hold a handstand for a minute, a minute and a half, but it gave me the courage to move across countries 
and turn my once impossible dreams into possible. And so thinking in your mind, what's something that was once impossible, once not accept, like even in your mind thinking like a possibility that you achieved. And so when I say take the yoga practice off the mat and into your everyday life, what you learn on the yoga mat by committing to yourself, by using an everyday meditation and yoga practice to commit to your self-love, to commit to your self-care, what do you learn there that you can take with you and implement into your relationships? And something that I go over in my three-month mentorship on how to live your yoga is the five yamas and the five niyamas. The yamas and niyamas also refer back to the yoga sutras of Patanjali. So the five yamas are the way in which you interact with the external world. Whereas the niyamas are the ways in which you interact with your inner world. How do you develop your inner and outer relationships? And this is all just the same practice of yoga. So the five yamas is ahimsa, non-harmi, satya, truthfulness, asteya, non-stealing, brahmacharya, connecting, moderation, unity, Aparigraha, non-attachment, deep surrender. The Niyamas, Satya, clarity, purity. Santosha, contentment. Tapas, self-discipline. Swadhyaya, self-study. And Ishvara, Pranidhana, surrender, service to something bigger. Let me break each one of these down for you just a little bit more. So the five yamas, starting with number one, is ahimsa. And Patanjali says if you're only going to practice one of the yamas, practice this one. Non-harming, non-violence to all things. But it begins with how you think, what you say, and what you do so that your actions towards yourself are non-harming. And then you can replicate that and mirror that back to animals, plants, and your family, friends, and community. Satya is truthfulness. Truthful with our thoughts and our words and our actions. And so how do you have integrity with what you do and what you say? And there's a difference between your opinions and truth, that which cannot be changed. For example, if a friend comes over to your house and is like, check out this amazing dress I just got today. I can't wait to wear it out tonight. If you hate it, absolutely hate it, you might keep that opinion to yourself because you don't want to harm her. Ahimsa, refer back to number one. But in another situation where you no longer want to be in a relationship, but you love this person, you have to speak and walk your truth, even though that may hurt them, 
You don't want to lie and stay in a relationship that isn't of your truth. We move into Asteia. This one you can think of, of course, on the basic level, going back to the golden rule, not to steal other people's things. But as you go a little bit deeper, not stealing someone else's time. If you're someone that's always late, think about the value of their time and work to be there at 8 a.m. if you said you're going to be there at 8 a.m. The same thing happens if someone's sharing their shine, something they're really proud of, and then you come back with something you're proud of, something that you've done. Can you allow someone else to share their wins and let them shine rather than trying to come up and shine with them? You may already know someone that's all about themselves. It doesn't feel good when you're proud and someone else wants to come up and kind of rain on your parade. Brahmacharya. This, in the traditional sense, is the withdrawal or withstain of sexual intercourse. But I like to think about this in energy. So if we're not having sexual energy, we have that creation, that power that brings babies literally into this world to take that energy into something else like your spiritual practice, your self-care practice, your self-love practice. And so then as you connect to this energy, because you are not having sex, you're not sharing your sexual sacred energy, what else can you create? I think about this when I was not in a relationship for three years, solely by myself on a journey of self-love and self-discovery, that I grew my business. I started helping women with yoga instead of having a partner. But as we go a little bit more into the modern world, you can think of moderation with how much you eat. Think about what happens on Thanksgiving or, you know, Christmas. You eat so much and then what happens? You take a nap because your body is so busy digesting the food, it can't stay awake. So moderation with what you eat and how you eat. Moderation with who you hang out with and how you burn and utilize your energy. So you don't want to hit a place of burnout or get sick or injury. Parigraha, deep, sweet surrender or non-attachment. Now, let's be honest, we're all humans and we're going to be attached. If my partner leaves me, I'm going to be hurt. If my sister passes away, I'm going to cry. But how can I take a step back a little bit from the external world so that there's less suffering? Overall, this is for less suffering. And so just taking a few step backs with the realization that what is mine today, my house, my car, my boyfriend, my family, won't always be here. So those are the five yamas. Ahimsa, Satya, Asteya, Brahmacharya, and Aparigraha. Now we go into the external, the internal relationship here with Satya, Santosha, Tapas, Swadhyaya, Ishvara Pranidhana. Satya, starting with purity. What does your house look like right now? How is your car? Are your closets full of clothes that you don't wear? Is your cabinets in the kitchen full of food you don't use? And then as you go in a little bit deeper, how do you eat? How do you move your body? What are the thoughts that you have and the words that you speak? 
How can you find a sense of more purity, more clarity through your external and internal world? Then we go into Santosha, contentment. So finding peace and ease in each and every moment, not just being happy and joyful when everything's working out, but finding peace and joy in each and every single moment to the best of our ability. Tapas, self-discipline. This is one of my favorites because I feel like yoga is so potent and powerful when there's a consistency over a long period of time when we really start to see the results, kind of like a diet, um, a lifestyle shift, uh, an editing of the foods that we eat. We don't see results in three days or five days, but if you continue to eat in a certain way or practice in a certain way, you see results in three weeks, three months, six months, one year. It's compounding interest, what you do over a long period of time. I love to give the analogy here of tapas self-discipline. So when you get started, it's the hardest part. Going to the gym, making out a routine, getting onto your yoga mat, meditating every day. It's the beginning phases that are the hardest. Think about a fire. If you want to build a fire, you have to bring the wood, the flame, the stoking, the kindling, and get the heat going, 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 and then it's there. And to keep the fire going, you just throw a few logs on here and there and kindle it over time. And the fire keeps burning. But the moment that you stop, the fire goes out, You have to start all over again. This is the same thing that happens with our yoga practice, our meditation practice. Swadhyaya, self-study. This is the question, the contemplation of who am I? Who am I minus all the labels? Am I my body? Am I my hands? Am I my legs? Am I my voice? Am I Amber? Am I a girlfriend? Am I a sister? Am I a daughter? Am I a yoga teacher? Am I a life coach? And if I'm not all of these things, then who am I? And we get to continuously ask ourselves this question over and over and over again, who am I? And continuously asking that question and what you're left with is I am. When you began this journey in here, life, now, I am. When you leave, you go in, I am. We move into Ishvara Pranidhana, surrender. The surrender to something bigger and something greater than you. Whether that be God, source, universe, higher power. It's I think of, we can have babies and birth people, humans, that's magic. I didn't tell, my mom didn't tell her body how to grow legs and arms and hair and heart and lungs. And yet here I am. How did I get here? Magic, surrender, something greater than we know. And I also think about times when you're thinking about someone that you haven't talked to in years. And then you check your phone or your email and they sent you a message. This happens when we're thinking about someone and then all of a sudden there they are. And so surrendering to that bigger, greater picture. That's the five niyamas. Your relationship with your inner world. And so we dive through satya, santosha, tapas, swadhyaya, ishvara, pranidhana. Yamas, your relationship 
with the external world. Niyama is your relationship with the inner world. Now, why does this matter? When we get on our yoga mats and we practice meditation and we do the yoga asanas, the things we learn along the way, if you get off your mat and you cut someone off, it's all about you, then what's the point of yoga? What's the point of uniting to that bigger connection of you minus the labels, minus the identities that we hold? We want to do yoga so that we can be better humans. So that when you get off your yoga mat, when you get off your meditation cushion, you can show up and be of service. Why live your yoga? Let me ask you, do you want to be stress-free or have the tools to reduce stress so that you don't overreact on people you love? Do you want to make time, prioritize yourself so that you're able to move throughout your day with passion and intention? Do you want to make conscious decisions so that you can say to yourself when you wake up, I'm so grateful for this life that I created. Yoga is bringing awareness into everything that we do so that the yoga mat practice isn't something that ends the time that the class is over, but rather this is an opportunity for life to just start. This is the beginning And as we go back to the very beginning, where do we start? We start here, on our yoga mats, moving our bodies, sitting and watching our breath. And then we get off our yoga mats and we ask ourselves, what can I do today to have a bigger impact on the planet? How can I give to myself? How can I connect and build this inner relationship with me, the niyamas, so that I can get off my mat and deepen the intimacy and relationships that I have with the external world, the niyamas. If you want to practice yoga, yoga is something that you do all day. At first, it's something that we do. But the longer that we practice, the more that we understand what yoga is, we realize something, and that is yoga is actually a way in which you are. Yoga gives you the tools to build a positive relationship with your mind so that you can take control of your life. We have so many different emotions and these emotions only last 90 seconds. Yoga gives us the tools to process each and every single one of those emotions. So often me growing up, it was like, don't cry like a little girl, man up, don't feel this. For so long I was hiding how I was feeling because it wasn't accepted, it wasn't okay. And then I realized that we're humans and to be angry is okay. It's how you express your anger. To be sad is all right. It's how you allow the sadness to move through your body. And so yoga gives you the tools to process through all the different emotions. And especially now in a world where success is defined by how much you do, yoga reminds you the power of coming back to be. And so how can you be more And I start with the yoga mat. The yoga mat practice is where you develop a relationship with you. The most powerful relationship that you ever have is the one that you have with yourself. You came into this world alone. And when you leave, you leave alone. So develop that inner relationship with you. And as you do, it mirrors back to you in your relationships whether it be your relationship with your husband, your career, 
or your family. Yoga is about how do I show up and serve? And one question that I want to leave you with today is, where in my life can I begin to live my yoga? Where in my life today can I begin to live my yoga? And as we wrap up this episode, knowing that yoga is a uniting of all things and that yoga is for anybody that wants to start, anybody that wants to begin. At first, it's not easy. Beginners have to work harder than advanced practitioners in anything, surfing, yoga, running. You start where you are and you keep going. And then you develop the relationship with you, the niyamas, to develop your relationship with the external world, yamas. Why? So that you can show up and be a better human. And I want to thank you. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. It's an honor to know that people are listening and gaining value while generating their own insights. For more actionable tools and practices, head over to my Facebook group, www.facebook.com slash groups slash yoga for inner peace to learn more practices that you can put into your toolbox to reduce stress, build confidence, and create a community of other women who are like you, wanting to better their lives to better their communities. Thank you again for being here. And if you're on social, Post a photo of you listening to this and tag me, Amber Hackberg, so we can hang out online and continue growing this relationship, first from the inside and then from the outside. I'll see you on the next episode.